everybody to the Dare to Believe podcast. My name is Christy Grainer, and I'm here with Rebecca Ribnick. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Christy. And we are honored to be talking with Charles and Lindsay Karuku today. So welcome, Charles and Lindsay. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So Charles and Lindsay are pastors in Burnsville, along with the same town as Dare to Believe, and we've known them for several years, but God has been moving in very interesting ways in their lives the past month. So you guys want to just kind of talk about what's been going on? We're in the suburb of Minneapolis, but you've been called right into Minneapolis. Well, thank you, Christy and Rebecca, for having us. And, you know, after Easter, the Lord called me on a 40-day fast with a group of students that we have. And for 40 days, we were meeting every day and praying for two, sometimes three hours. And at the beginning of the fast, he said, I'm going to do something big on Pentecost Sunday. And we were like, wow, God, that would be amazing to get filled with the Holy Spirit, to have an encounter with you. Whatever you're going to do, do it. And as we continued with the fast, the day before our fast ended, George Floyd got killed mm-hmm. right there on the corner of 38th in Chicago. So anybody that's listening to this that might be away from all that's happening. Um, George Floyd is the, the black man who was killed in Minneapolis by a police officer, and that police officer has been charged with murder, and it kind of set off a, a ripple that's been heard around the world, but really, literally. Exactly. Right, and so that is right in our city. Yes, mm-hmm. and we were like, oh, poor, poor George, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow we had the fast, we continue. And then the day the fast ended... The city began burning and riots and looting and violence and curfew. I mean, we saw what we've never seen here right. in probably in people's lifetime. It was crazy. It was amazing to see. Oh. The police precinct building burned down. It was so outrageous mm-hmm. to us. And we were like, God, let's keep praying for our city. Everybody's praying. And we were like, you know what? God said somebody to go and help with this. And that is when we began visiting with my wife and children. So Uh, really, your prayer is that the Lord would send someone into the city to do something about this. Mm -hmm. Yes. But for us, it was just going there to see, take pictures of these buildings that are burning and buildings that are bolted, just see the situation. But the more we visited, the more our hearts were caught Mm -hmm. by what was going on. And we began following this on live Facebook Every day, every night, we would sleep sometimes at 2 a.m., just watching what's going on and praying. And that's when my wife began to say, somebody should do something. And we began kind of getting caught up in the moment and praying and feeling the pain ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's what's beautiful about, I, I, I was, we were talking earlier, and really, Lindsay and Charles are a prophetic act of racial reconciliation because those this is a podcast so you can't see them but Charles is black from Africa mm-hmm. I don't remember what country Kenya Kenya and Lindsay is white from Mankato Minnesota yeah. <laughs> and so we'll we'll talk about how you guys ended up as a couple but just the fact that you carry the presence of the Lord you are a prophetic act of unity between a man and a woman and also a black man and white woman you know you carry all of that. Thank so you. then when you showed up, no wonder the Lord stirred things in you when you were in that neighborhood. I'll let my wife talk about what happened on that Pentecost Sunday because that's what sparked what has been going on now for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the thing about the death is that the police officer was a white man. So he wasn't just any police officer. He was a white man and he's responsible for the death now of a black man Mm -hmm. and so um so that was something that that really caught our attention and um and stirred this up in us but for me personally I've hesitated to get involved in racial issues because I've had so many problems over the years even just marrying a black man I had a lot of lashback from the black women in in the community saying how could you take one of our good black men and they didn't like me, and I've been called racist for things that I don't even know what I did, you know. Um, and so I was very afraid to get involved in these kinds of conversations. Anytime I'd open my mouth, I'd be like, well, you don't know, you don't understand, you're white, you're privileged, you're this, you're that. 
And so on that morning of May 30th, when we woke up and the Lord had spoken to both of us separately, um, because I was in another room with some of the kids and he was in the bedroom, when we came together in the hallway, he said, we need to do something. And I said, yeah, we do. That's what what I heard as well. (laughs) And it was like at that moment, whatever fear was still remaining in my heart completely lifted. And we didn't know what we were going into. We didn't know what the situation was going to look like on the ground. But when we got there, it was very chaotic because it had just happened. You know, there's still smoke in the air from the burning buildings and racial tensions were very, very high. And so uh, we entered the intersection there, and there was a protest going on. And when she entered the intersection, this is the intersection where the murder took place. Exactly. Yes. And so that is, we, they call it ground zero, because that is where, it's like everything started right there. Mm-hmm. And so we went there, and there was a protest that was already happening with hundreds of people, very angry with, you know, there's certain things that they chant, and um, what... it's like that that fear kind of tried to creep back in and say, oh, I'm not sure if you should be, you know, I don't know if I should be here. Um, But it was like the Lord just kept saying, you just got to go through with it. You got to do it. You got to do it. And so we went and we found a little corner on Pentecost Sunday, the the following day of when the Lord spoke to us. And we found, uh, we were right across the street from the memorial. And just with a little uh, horn speaker or um, a megaphone, uh, just stood there with that, and he called the people, t- uh, Charles called the people together. And because the intersection was so crowded, there was a lot of people. And so the whole that whole side of the street was completely filled, and, and we started just after the protest ended. Um, and when he began to speak, the people listened, and he asked that we kneel down and we cry out to God for healing of our oh, land. So right there in the intersection. Right, right there. On the oh. And so it, the, it was packed, you know, person to person. And this just is like, on Pentecost. On, on Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. Sunday. Come 2 on. 2 p.m. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so the people knelt down with us, and they cried out to God for the healing of our land. He led everyone oh, in a prayer yes, Lord. Uh, for peace, for reconciliation, for justice, for God to do what he can do. Um, in the midst of it all, and that he would bring unity. And so the people were very open and receptive. Uh, The moment that I took the, well, actually what was cool is uh, somebody down the street had a speaker system, and they said, they came up to us while we were in the middle of doing this, and they said, people need to hear what you're saying. Here's our speaker system. Please (laughs) use it. Oh, I love it. (laughs) So we're like, okay, now we have speakers we have a microphone people can hear us better Another, and the reason you didn't yeah. have that is because you didn't intend to do this no you no. were just going to see what was going on and do the lord told you to go there so again mm-hmm. you just show up mm-hmm. carrying the presence of the lord being who you are and look what the lord does yeah this he provided a, everything that was needed it was just a one day thing we just wanted it to do it for maybe 30 minutes 40 minutes Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then, so then you got a you got a speaker system. <laughs> we got a speaker system, and then shortly after that, it was my turn to take the microphone, and I took it. And the moment I began speaking, a black woman got so angry, and she said, "You don't understand. You have no idea because you're white." But what happened is she was there with her daughter, and her daughter had written a poem that said, "I'm black and I'm afraid," and so she gave the this mother gave me the phone. And I was able to read the poem out loud. And it just, it broke my heart because the fear that's there, no matter what people think, it, the fear itself is very real. Mm-hmm. That pe- black people are afraid to leave their homes. They're afraid to go to the store. They're afraid to get pulled over a cop. Like the fear is so real. And unfortunately, the media and everything is not helping with it. Right. Everything gets amplified and create even more anxiety, more fear. And so we were able to listen to what she said, and I read that poem out. And when all of that was happening, there were so many young teenagers, young people in their early 20s, um, either mixed or African-American, and they just began crying. Mm -hmm. And so I asked them, I said, if there's any one of you here that feel like you've been treated unjustly, or there's anything like that that has happened because of the white community, I would like you to come forward. And somebody shouted out, that's all of us. And I said, then, then I'm speaking to all of you today. And I want you to know wow. that as a white person, I'm sorry for the things that have... I'm, oh, I, have to. I said, I'm sorry for the things that have happened to you. I'm not them, but I'm here on behalf of them because you may never meet them again. But I want you to know that I'm sorry for what's happened and I'm committed to being part of the change. 
And they just began weeping and crying. Mm. The young people that did step out, they were crying and ended up coming up and just saying, thank you so much for what you're doing. And we were crowded all around behind us. They came forward too and said, thank you so much with tears streaming mm. down their faces. They were just so thankful that somebody said something Somebody did something and that we recognize that what happened is completely wrong. He never should have died the way he right. did. It was premature. It wasn't done in the, it wasn't good. It was wrong, yeah. And the enemy was trying to create more problems, more division. And so that was Pentecost Sunday. And we watched God bring healing and bring reconciliation between the races. We asked for if there's anyone that wanted to get saved because reconciliation isn't possible unless we're reconciled with God first because we need to be able to forgive. We need to be able to come humbly and repent for things that have happened. And so unless that has been done and we've been reconciled with God through Jesus Christ, we can't achieve racial reconciliation or reconciliation with one another. It's, it's impossible. And so we can have all these systems or talk to these people in power and try to do all that, but without God completely transforming our hearts, We'll never get there. And so people got saved that day. People cried and hugged each other and loved on each other. And we saw just the beginnings of something incredible. And we knew that there was no going back. We had to continue. Yeah. <laughs> so when you say they got saved that day, they, mm -hmm. they received Jesus as their they Lord and Savior. They received Jesus Christ. Awesome. Yes. And you never, I mean, you probably knew some of that might happen, but wow, you just show up and do what the Lord puts on your heart and look what he does. Yes. He throws mm -hmm. gasoline on it. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's the, that's the fire we want. Amen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The enemy does the counterfeit, which he burns down buildings and mm -hmm. destroys things. But the Lord brings a real fire of revival. Yes, wow. he does. Thank wow. you. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you, Lord. So then you knew that night that it was, before I go on, um, that poem, did you keep a copy of that poem? I don't have a you copy don't have of a it. Copy. No, I okay. don't. It was on her phone. Yeah, and yeah. so we had to yeah. just get, She gave us the phone but and we just and read it. And she didn't share it or, yeah. Yeah. So that was day one, Pentecost Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yes. 2020. Yeah. <laughs> and what has life looked like for you since that day? Ooh, we, we did not know what we stepped into until Monday. On Monday... A picture that was taken, I put it on my Facebook page. It had 12,000 people share it, and close to a million people saw it. Close to a million people. Yes. Wow. And before you realize... Within 24 hours. Media is calling us. Come on. Uh, we were on Al Jazeera TV, which is the largest TV in the Muslim community, uh, Middle East, uh, CBN, uh, we radios, everybody was like, we want to talk about what you know, happened. And what is beautiful is um, you guys just were humble people saying, we love the Lord. We have, we got to go see what the Lord is, what, what's going on. We just have to show up. I hope somebody does something. You mm -hmm. weren't, you didn't have it on your heart to be the one that went around the world or that took credit for anything. No. And so when your heart is humble like that before the Lord, he can use you. And then he chooses who gets put out there, broadcasts. So when the Lord broadcasts, it goes everywhere. It's, you know, the airwaves are not only used for evil. The Lord uses everything for good. Amen. Amen. So I love it. So then all these places around the world are getting wind of what you're doing. Yes, mm. but the big thing was what we saw at that corner on Sunday and it began to make sense more on Monday. Uh, we found a lot of people saying, what's next? Uh, here is $100. What, I want to help on you to day. keep doing what you're and doing. And you didn't have a plan. We didn't. People were I think coming. we got $400 from yeah, people random people. Yeah, people were just coming up to us when we finished. And they said, here, take this money. Where do we donate? And I was like, uh... We don't, we don't have, have anything set up for <laughs> donations. Donation. They were like, but we just want to help what you guys are doing to go through and to happen. So, um, so people know when they can feel the move of the Lord and they want to invest in it. That's kingdom investment. Yeah. yeah. yeah it really is. There was some young white people from Prior Lake that said, we, you need to continue doing this. Uh, a wonderful African-American lady that was visiting from Houston, Texas, said, here, you guys keep moving. You know, So people just kept coming and we're like wow 
So we started a closed group, which grew by 250 people in a day. 12 um, hours. In 12 hours, we had 250 people. Unity Facebook. Okay. Yes. yes. The Unity Revival Facebook. Mm-hmm. Unity and Revival Minneapolis. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Unity Revival Minneapolis. Unity Revival Minneapolis. And then we realized this thing is so needed and we are not done. We need someone out there speaking unity. And we felt like God gave us a voice, uh, gave us um, a mandate. And the more we prayed, the more we realized this was what was to happen on Pentecost Sunday, the big thing. And it will be the one that will change the narrative from riot to revival. Amen. Come on. And so, oh, say that again, Charles. Yes, to, to really transition from riot to revival. And there's yes. even a third transition, reformation. Yes. Because we need to see some major reformation in the system happen. But that is something that is happening and will continue down the road. But right now, we, need the, we needed to see the riot stop and the revival to begin. And we knew our voice is needed. But then we found out incredible amount of people, churches and ministries were already on the ground trying to find how to get doing something. Some of them are doing 24-7. Some of them were doing prayer, intercession, worship 24-7. Others were supplying food and diapers and necessary stuff to the people. But we found all of them were looking for how to come together. So right now, I think on day two, we had multiple ministries already. And now we have over 50 ministries and churches that are working with us. Say that again. Over 50 ministries and churches working together with us. I'm just going to say 51. (laughs) Yeah, 51. Can't dare to believe in that. So that is, yeah, working together. That is the unity you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just going to interject. I can't help but think... We, we read Pentecost so much about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which it is, mm-hmm. in Acts 2. But something sometimes we miss is that all the nations that are listed in, in Genesis 11 at the Tower of Babel, when, when there's, there's disunity that comes into, into the world, are brought together mm-hmm. in Acts 2. When the Holy Spirit, when they're out speaking different languages, every single nation in, in Genesis 11 is listed in Acts 2. So there is, the, the Holy Spirit is on unity and that being on Pentecost is, it is no surprise. It is no surprise to me that he's doing it. So unity among, <laughs> among the nations, un, unity among the races, unity among different ministries, probably cross denominational lines, praise yeah. God. Amen. Like that is so the heart of the Spirit that sometimes I think we're looking for the, the power of God to manifest. Well, unity is the power of God manifested. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Say that, that again, Rebecca. <laughs> unity is the power of God manifested. Mm, I I just, so you're saying that. I'm like, oh, that's, that's you know, we, we knew that Pentecost was going to be special this year. We knew it. And we, in, but we didn't expect it like we this. knew it was going to be. We knew it was going to surprise us too, and right. we we knew that this move of the next thing that the Lord was going to do was going to surprise us and offend us. It was going to mm. offend a lot of people. Like mm. I've been praying for months. Like Lord, I don't want to miss it. I know. <laughs> it, I know it's going to surprise me. I know it's going to probably offend me or or people around me. I don't want to miss it. And He just said, "Humility is the way forward." And here it is. Here, here it go. is. He's, and that's he's, a word over how you guys approach exactly. this. Humility is the way forward. Exactly. And you're not I looking to, to promote yourselves. You're looking mm-hmm. to pr- promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he, the last thing he prays for is that we would be one as he is one. Amen. We, we love the unity part. And that's why we called this the unity revival. Amen. Because this is a revival of unity of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Unity between <laughs> racial groups, unity, uh, one with another. And it is such an incredible power because when the day of Pentecost fully came, they were in one place and in one accord. They were so united. And that's when the Lord breathed on that unity and poured his spirit on yep. on, on, on that day. So yep. we, we see the same and the unifying of language. Uh, there's a language of the kingdom and what we are seeing with this reconciliation, people becoming one, it is reconciliation first with God, then one with another. This language of the kingdom 
brings us together, everything changes when the kingdom comes. Yep, mm-hmm. come on. And, I mean, that's Galatians 3.28. There's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free in the kingdom. Like that, those, those things that we hold up as our identifiers, our, our national heritage, our race, our gender, and our economic class, those are our, they disappear in the kingdom. We can enter first as sons and daughters of the king, as sons of the most high God. And that's how he's seeing us first. And that's, but first we need to be reconciled to him. And I, I just feel like the Lord's saying to us, if we don't have reconciliation, if we don't have unity among ourselves, how will we ever expect to see it outside of ourselves? If we don't have unity within his body, how will we contain the weight of his glory for all that he wants to pour out? And how will it ever occur outside of it? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the Lord is on, and you guys are living it right now. It's been so fun to see because, you know, we're used to seeing people get saved, not in this way, but we were used to seeing people get saved or delivered, filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized, and that's what we do. So that part of it is not entirely unique, although it's to a different people and in a different area, a different situation. And for people that are listening to understand, you guys have been pastoring a church for years. Yes, in 2001, <laughs> and he was doing ministry long before that. Right, so the, be, doing ministry is not new to you. So you right. pastored people, but this is a whole, whole different It's thing. a whole different mm-hmm. situation, but one of the, the one of the most unique things is the unity in the body, mm-hmm. because God just continually supplies everything that's needed each day. We haven't had a budget for this um, at <laughs> you all. You can't budget when you're just going in. You can't. You're just like, okay, God, I'm going to go. And, you know, we didn't have anything. But from the day one, people said, I'm going to bring water. I'm going to bring food. Oh, and then so that good. sound system was provided on the spot by the some random person that we still don't the stage. know. Oh, another church the said, stage? I'll, yeah, yeah another church came and said, We'll provide you a stage. What size do you need? And then another, and they said, we. I said, well, do you have a generator? They said, well, we have five. Which one do you need? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Seriously. Like, just everything, worship teams and preachers, there's nights where we all we do is the racial reconciliation at the end and open with prayer at the beginning because there's so many people that are willing to help and to do things. So it's not like a superstar thing where it's like everything revolves around us, even though we're like the mouthpiece. And like we're... Um, calling people together, mm-hmm. but it's everyone working together that this stuff is really happening. Okay, There's what you just said, everyone yeah. working together. Amen. Exactly. Makes this stuff happen. That's what makes it happen. And that's that's how it's been every single day. We're meeting people that have come up from Chicago that are just, they didn't even know what's happening. They're just in the area, and you find out that one of the guys is actually a pastor slash rapper, and we're like, oh my gosh, would you please... <laughs> Spirit-filled, so passionate for God, and yeah. they're there with their entire family, and they're willing to help. And we're like, we needed you tonight, and we just <laughs> prayed that God would send somebody five minutes ago, and now here you are. You know, so it's it's that kind of stuff every single day. God's been sending people from... Uh, from New Orleans, a New whole Orleans, team. IHOP. IHOP. Uh, New York, California, Milwaukee. You know, Sean, Milwaukee. Sean came all uh, yeah. the way. From Tell, talk about the Sean Foyt. It's Sean Foyt is who you're talking about. Talk yes, about that. Sean is so hard to get a hold of, <laughs> and he said some. He sent a message through uh, Jimmy Van Gelder, and he said, "You know what? I would like to come, and the Lord would want me to do something on the memorial site of George Floyd. Is there a way we can do it?" We say to him, yeah, I would love to have you, but the situation on the ground is so hard. Uh, we probably would not want you to come. White if people you, were not well received at that point. Unless you come and you walk behind a black person and please don't tell anybody you are coming. Anyway, he worked on another venue and he put it on his Facebook page. It went viral, and he began getting all kinds of threats. Because and he's a white man. Because he's because a white, he's white man. Okay. They canceled the event. And then he went on Facebook, and he had a very wise way of putting it that, I'm sorry, I can't come. But then he still came, and he came under the radar. And he came to your he stage. He came to our yeah, side. Instead of the other venue. Mm-hmm. And came to our stage. He didn't do anything public on his page, on his Facebook or media until after the event. And so Sean was able to come and lead worship with a team of interracial people that uh, it was a multi-ethnic worship team. 
and something broke that night. Oh, it was so incredible to see the glory of God just fall on that place. We had so many people, maybe a couple of thousands of people who were there that night. And at the end, some of the people who had said, we don't want him here, we don't want him here, uh, they came at the end and say, is that Sean? <laughs> I say, yeah, it's him. But that was after everything was done. He said, I can show you on the screen, on my phone, what he said, and he should not be here. You know, and, but it was too late. And he that again, is all, that's coming from the white community. And they're upset. Those were white people that said he shouldn't be here. Yes. It, it was coming from wow. the threats were real. Yeah, wow. and they were so upset. But again, he didn't announce that he was coming after the other event was and canceled. And that's the humility piece again. It he is. Yeah. Because and he, came he in needed humility. to show up with who he was and what he carried and yes. release it, just the presence of the Lord in his life to release that. And yes. then, So the Lord will s- continue to send individuals mm-hmm. who, who love the Lord yes. to bring what they carry to that situation in this place, in this revival. Yeah. A beautiful thing he did, uh, Sean did, when he knelt, he, he, he grabbed his guitar and knelt. And like mid-worship. He lifted up his hands. We had a gasp in the crowd. The, all the black oh. women that were standing next to me, they were like, oh. it's like. They did not expect that from oh. a white man. For and him to I think they knew who way. he was and they were kind of on on edge they didn't know uh-huh. what he would do and when he so knelt he represented and he humbled the Lord himself very it well. just, something just broke oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you Lord that it's is beautiful. so good it was beautiful he left a message for actually he put out a video he said I have never in 20 years I've never seen what I saw today in America in America I've never seen it he said I've been in ministry for 20 years and I've never seen what I saw in this place tonight. And it was just the love, the unity, the reconciliation, people getting baptized on the street. I saw that you guys have like a cow tank there, right? Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah we do. But also the... Thanks host, to another ministry down the street, actually. They provided brought, us brought, with that. Baptismal yeah. font in yeah. a tank. Yeah. <laughs> but also the, the hostility that would come from the church. And sometimes it's because of a misunderstanding of this message of reconciliation and mixing it up with the political narratives that are out there. And I want to say this to the people. Everything is being leveraged by the media for political purposes. There is someone who is going to gain with whether it is the narrative of coronavirus or the narrative of these racial tensions but for us who are believers, we look at it through the eyes of the kingdom. Amen. We don't have any political agenda here because Democrats, Republicans, they're going to go someday. But race and racial issues, it's an issue that is affecting all of us around the world. And it is not political. It is human. It is kingdom. And we are all in this together. Mm-hmm. And so my, my heart desire is to see reconciliation happen in our times and to not have to be caught up and hang up in with the political agenda of it and whatever the narratives look like. Because this issue is so deep. It is a cancer. It's not a political issue. It's not even a socioeconomic issue. It's a spiritual heart issue. And that's where it should start. And then everything else will kind of evolve from inside out. Say so that it, again. If anyone's listening yeah. to this that that wants an explanation of what is, so what do I do? What do I do? What would you say to them? Someone who's got that heart issue and they don't know what to do next. Well, racism is not a skin issue. It's a sin issue. and A sin issue. It's a sin issue. Mm-hmm. It's in the heart. Yeah. And Jesus, in the book of John chapter 4, he went head on to the Samaria the Samaritan woman. Which was a racial issue. It was a racial issue. The Bible actually says he needs go through Samaria. It's bad English, but that's how it has to be described. He needed to go through Samaria. Jesus needs to go through this racial issue. And when he went there, 
he dealt with this woman, first of all, as a human-human relationship, giving her water, and then finally dealing with the issue of what was in her heart. I know everything about you, all the bad things you've done. I know you've been with five men, and the one you're with is not your husband, but I still love you. And that's what broke this woman. She says, come see a man who told me everything I've ever done. And I believe she was saying, he still loves me, even when he knows all my junk. Mm -hmm. And that is the language that Jesus brings into this conversation, that I love you Mm -hmm. because I created you in my image, and I want that image expressed. I don't see you through color, although I created color. I see the image, my image in you. And that's a conversation we are having there, that once we get people reconciled to God, it's so easy to get them reconciled one to another because the sin issue is dealt with first so that people can now uh, be able to see each other as who God created them. And he knows our sin. He knows our brokenness. He knows the bad choices we've made, and he still loves us and calls us closer to him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And so some of the beautiful things we've seen out there, I can, if I can just share a couple of Absolutely, stories please. <laughs> from different people in the team, because when we're, especially when we're going through the racial reconciliation, we're on the stage talking, but we're not actually down there seeing. It was um, Josh Lindquist, actually, who took a video one day of, uh, he walked around and took a video of what was actually happening. I watched that video every day and I just cry because... It was the first time I really got to see what's actually happening. And then we get these stories coming from people that are out there in the intersection um, doing this racial reconciliation, which is a process of repentance and forgiveness. And that's when true reconciliation can take place. And so um, some of the stories is there was a a Muslim man who was there and uh, he lives in a dominantly white community and the community has been harassing him and giving him trouble for being there. Um, the final straw was that he, somebody came and hung a noose in his yard. Oh, oh my goodness. And so this is now, you know, coming from the white community that he lives in, his neighbors, you know, we're supposed to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, but that's definitely not what was going on. But he showed up that night and he paired up with a white man. And that white man repented on behalf of those neighbors and the things that have been done to him and let him know that he was still created by God for such a time as this and to let him know that I love you and I still call you my brother. And what broke that night in that man, it was like, you know, not everybody's bad. My neighbors might be one way, but there are people that actually love and care and God himself cares about me. And so they seem like sometimes such little things, but it's like God, that's how God works. He changes one heart at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another moment where I met with a, 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 a white man came and spoke to me afterwards. And he said, you know, I really needed to be here for this. And I said, yeah, I said, whether, whether you've done anything or not, like we need to repent on behalf of even the previous generations or the things that are happening. You know, you might not be the police officer that killed George Floyd or whatever, but in some way our people have contributed. And so we're standing in the gap to repent. And he said, well, that's the funny thing because I have actually done things. And I said, wow. And he started crying. And he said, this was for me tonight. I had to repent on my own behalf for the things that I have done. And so that was another heart transformation that took place. Another one of a, an African-American man who was, he heard what was going to happen and he was starting to leave. And, but he kept feeling, feeling this tugging, like, I got to be there. I got to be there. And as he came, um, he paired up with one of our, the people in our team who was a white man. And they began going through this repentance and the forgiveness and he said, I, I, have no, I had no idea how much I needed this. And this was the African-American man speaking. And again, something just happened to him. And as he left the area, he was hugging everybody on his way out, letting them know how much he loves them. <laughs> and so it's like God working in so many different ways. And he's like, he cares about each of those situations. He cares about the Muslim man who was harassed by the neighbors. He cares about the white man who has done things wrong to people of other 
races. He cares about the African-American man who is having anger and bitterness in his heart. Like he cares about each of those specific situations individually. Mm -hmm. And he ministers to them specific to their need, like the woman at the well. He knows what they need. And, you know, I think part of the reason that we get such mixed emotions and such extreme emotion is because there are things in all of us because we have a spiritual enemy who steals, kills, and destroys, and yes. he's a liar and a thief, mm-hmm. and he plants things in our hearts, in our brokenness, in our woundedness. So when we're hurt by p- things people say and do, that there's a spiritual thing that comes into us that needs to be removed. And so yes. these things are coming to the surface, and it's not pretty, it's not fun, right. and it is scary because people don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of what you're doing is it comes to the surface and they're right there with you and you are saying, this is what you do yes. and you get, get rid of it. So you mm-hmm. lead them to be free of it mm-hmm. in the moment, which is amazing. Um, and then there's no reason to be afraid anymore. Right. And we let people know, like, this is a safe area. Yes. Like we're all here seeking something. Everybody that visits, visits that area, they're in a contemplative mode. They're mm-hmm. thinking, they're meditating on what happened. They're coming, are just coming to pay their respects. People are coming for various reasons, but people's hearts are very open. Mm-hmm. And so we make sure to let people know this is a safe place where you can do this. Everyone here, whether, you know, whatever they're going to communicate could be with anger, could be with emotion, but that's okay because sometimes it takes that risk of stepping out and doing something that's uncomfortable in order to see true change take place. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what's been happening out there. And it's so cool to see that people are willing to, that the people are coming to the area, Christian or not. I mean, there's Buddhists, there's Muslims, there's everybody. But the one common thing is everybody's saying, thank you so much for what you're doing. This is exactly what we need. And we're like, you're acknowledging Jesus right now. You're acknowledging <laughs> that that when we're bringing Jesus, that Jesus is the solution and that he is what we need. And so we're people, seeing people get saved from all different communities, all different nationalities, different religions. They're giving their lives to Christ, and there's that transformation taking place in their hearts. Because do you know what this is? Is You're removing the barriers that have caused people not to see Jesus correctly. Correct. So the world puts all kinds of... lies and they kind of they misrepresent jesus in so many bizarre ways so the world can't even see who he really is but what you're doing is removing that so they get a glimpse of the real jesus and when people see him for who he is and his truth and in his glory they fall in love with them it's like you know all that other stuff (laughs) all the propaganda from the world of religion all that stuff is removed and they see him yeah they want him Which he's is a desire of nations. Yeah. I mean, and he says, if he's exalted, all men are drawn to drawn him. Drawn to him, yes. So sometimes I think in Christian ministry, we spend so much effort and energy trying to bring Jesus to the people, forgetting that if we just lift him up, he will draw people to himself. The nations, again, a unity word, yes. not one group of people. Yes. And he's, he's not a white man. Right. Just a good reminder. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. That's been a big discussion down there, actually. It's been I, a I believe huge it has been. I bet yes. it has been. It, he's not a white man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's yeah. not white Jesus. He didn't have blue eyes. Right. Come <laughs> on up. We have That's had so, real. so many encounters of people encountering Jesus and finding closure oh. from police brutality. We've had like a few people who shared their stories of police brutality right there. One of them was showing us the woods. Oh, he had a photo. He's an, now a pastor. And the story is just so beautiful. Uh, the other one is the pastor who has the church right on that corner. He talked about forgiveness after the police beat him up until his brain was hemorrhaging. Pastor Curtis Farah. He he was beaten up by the police until his brain was hemorrhaging, and he shared that story. I've been sharing my story of forgiveness, and lots of people are finding closure. And that closure is, yes, I need to forgive. I need to let go. Can you share just a little bit of that story? I know it's a it's a pretty deep and heavy story, but maybe just a little bit of it. So people yeah. get a taste of it. They can find. We'll, we'll we'll send them to you so they can find hear more. But sure. Well, it's it's a story of what happened when I was six months in the womb. Um, that was in 1970. My father was killed 
and the man who killed him was never arrested and for many years we knew he is the one who did it and he was in the community and lots of bad things happened and i grew up with anger and rage my family grew up of course without the father and we knew this is the man who killed him and he's still running free in the community i didn't talk to him i didn't want anything to do with him i had a lot of bitterness and when i gave my life to christ back in 1989 i began to develop a new heart you know jesus christ gives us a new heart and he takes the old and gives you the new and because of that i began to have a lot of conflict in my heart in regard to walking in bitterness and anger against this man who killed my father so i share the story of how the lord led me to go visit this man when he was 90 years old he was blind he was old and i met him in his house and forgave him and when i forgave him there was so much joy and peace in his heart and my heart and we moved from being enemies to best friends instantly how the lord led me to bless him with like 10000 kenyan money which is a huge stack of money in in kenya it's only 100 dollars in america but it's a lot of money there and how i had him bless me with the father's blessing he gave me a father's blessing and how my life changed after that mm. then he asked me to do his funeral if he dies and the long story short is that being able to walk in forgiveness and to not carry the bitterness is a benefit to me not to him it's not a benefit to the man that I'm angry with it's a benefit to me it removes the poison in my system and i can tell you there is so much blessings that are in store for those who learn to forgive and you don't have to be like this huge expert and special person to do that forgiveness it is because it's a straightforward thing from god i forgive you so now you have the power to forgive so i share this message and i let i lead people through what we call the forgiveness therapy prayer and it is a simple prayer of finding five three to five people that you want to forgive mention their name and then say i release them and then then you lift your hands in freedom and the lord encounters you right there <laughs> and he begins a work of changing your emotions because forgiveness is not a feeling it's a choice well would would you be willing to lead people if people are listening and they can think of 3 to 5 people that they need to forgive could yeah could let's do that right now yeah, let's do that right it's now. so simple people okay think of 3 to 5 people that you'd like to forgive and you just have that list come through your head right now by the holy spirit he's doing it right now and some of you are asking what if it's 20 people <laughs> it's okay get that 20 people and put that list in your head or write it down i normally scribble names in ways that only me can understand i don't like to write those names in a way that someone else can understand it's something very sacred between me and god okay you got your list now i want you to say this word say in the name of jesus i let go of these people now mention their names under your breath and you say i let go of so and so i let go of so and so i let go of so and so in jesus name if you have a paper that you wrote those names you can tear the paper apart or you can throw it in the fire or you can scramble it and throw it in the garbage that's a prophetic act to show that you have let go now lift your hands and say i am free in jesus name i always like to sing this song let it go let it go don't hold on it anymore 
And that's what we do. And when you remember these things uh, that someone has done to you and you are angry, repeat this prayer just as I showed it to you. And it will work miracles every single moment you do it. Mm. That's how simple it is. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I think it's important to know that, you know, some people might be struggling and saying, well, I don't feel like forgiving. I don't feel like letting them go. But forgiveness is really a choice that we make. It, it's not the feeling. So you can choose today to actually let those people go. You can choose to forgive them as an act of your will. And when you do that, the emotions will follow. They'll come and align right along with it. You know, the emotions will catch up. So... Totally. Amen. You know, I often, I often find that when I get offended, it's, it's usually because there's something in my heart that I need to work through. It's, sure. it's really not about the other person. Mm-hmm. So for me, that is a big signal that there's probably some forgiveness that needs to take place. Definitely some repentance mm-hmm. or that there's a blind spot being highlighted. So my own offense is, is that, that marker for me. And so one of my prayers is, Lord, let my hunger be greater than my offense. Let my mm. hunger for you be greater than my own offense. Yeah. So that we can do things like forgive those who have really hurt us. Yeah. It's not saying what they did is okay. It's, it's just releasing that, that the part that's bitter in your heart, the part that can affect you. It's releasing that to the Lord and handing justice over to him. He's really the only one who can and bring real justice. His hands justice. are the only ones that are big enough to hold that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I just declare over our listeners that your hunger for God, your hunger for unity, your hunger for the peace of God that surpasses your understanding will be greater than your offense. Yeah. Thank you. Amen. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple different things I want to just have, have you guys talk about a little bit um, is doing this now. You have five children. Yeah. Age 15 to four. Yes. So, I mean, you got got a lot going on at home as well. Mm-hmm. And you have balanced that somewhat in the ministry at your church. But now this is all changed. And you guys have done, I think, very well. And I'm sure it's not easy, but you've done well in um, honoring the ministry to your family as well as this ministry that has broken out. Because I think what people can tend to do is when the Lord starts to move, they just run and forget about their families sometimes because they're so passionate from the Lord. I'm, I'm proving I love Jesus by giving him everything, but then our family suffers and the Lord doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm impressed with how you guys have worked that out. It's only three weeks into this, but can you speak to that a little bit? I think yeah. it's an intergenerational victory, It's right? It, is yeah. really so can you speak to that sure um it's definitely been a challenge because we're coming off of this whole coronavirus thing where yeah. the kids are home from school and they've had extra extra time at home with us and with each other and so when this whole thing happened of course they were like yeah okay go do that on Pentecost Sunday. I was like, okay, everybody was excited. Go do that one day and, thing. That's cool. Yeah, and then the picture <laughs> went viral and of course the older kids are like the picture went viral. What you know? They were they were kind of freaking out about it, but but then the reality set in. Like, what does this actually mean for our family? And you know, there was some agitation coming from the kids of like, okay, now so the Lord spoke to you, and now you're you're just gone. And it's like, no, we're not gone. Like, we're still here. We're still your parents, but things are going to change dramatically because we can't. We don't, we don't want to do what the Lord is asking us to do and lose the family. Right. That's not Nor God. does the Lord ask that of us. No, he doesn't. But we also said that we can't also say no to the Lord just right. for the family. Right. So there has and, to be... And that would be, that would be idolizing your family. Yes. So, so when seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added. Yes. So exactly. seek him first and he'll teach you, he'll show you how to manage your family or love your family well yeah exactly. and so we we've had conversations with the kids the younger ones don't understand entirely but the older ones do and so we've had these conversations of what would you do if the lord spoke to you to do something or would you ignore him for our sake i would hope you wouldn't you know and so we're asking for your permission and your blessing we know that it's going to be from a, your children from our it's children powerful we know that and it's humble be... again you guys i just love this <laughs> 
Um, is that we know that it's going to be difficult, but if God told us to do this, then he knows that we have five kids. He knows we're a family of seven. He knows the dynamics and he knows everything that we're already doing. He knows we have a church. He, he knows this. So if he's asking us to do it, he knows that we can get through mm-hmm. it with his help. Um, not of our own strength by any means, but he can help us. He can give us wisdom. He can uh, guide us on what we're supposed to do and not to do. And um, and so we did get that from our children, that they gave us their blessing and their permission to do what we're doing. And, you know, some days are better than others. You know, um, my, my parents live just about five to seven minutes away from us um, with my sister, and they've been a tremendous help, helping every day that they can. And that was one of the main reasons they moved up here. They just said, we just want to help in whatever mm-hmm. way we can. Which is a And this was years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, years ago that they said that, but they just wanted to be available. And so, um, so they make sure that the kids have home-cooked meals because we, the first several days, week and a half or something, it was like just eating out morning, <laughs> noon, and night, everything, because we had zero time to Dodash. shop. and. Yeah, DoorDash and everything, because we had no time to shop, cook, clean. Our house mm-hmm. just went to the wayside because we couldn't do that. We were trying to balance it and figure out. Well, and how I'm are sure we you're just this. trying to figure out what in the world you got. It's kind of like you have to get your bearings here. What? Right. What did the Lord just do? And how are we going to walk through right, this? Because yeah. we were shocked. I mean, uh-huh. I think I cried continuously for like the first week and a half, <laughs> not because of like. <laughs> Anything apart from just feeling so overwhelmed, like, God, wow, you you, you asked us to why do this. Us? And w- yeah, why us? You chose us for this. And like, we're watching all this unfold. Like, that's not what we were expecting at all. And the kids weren't expecting that either. And so we've had these, these conversations and questions coming from the kids and, you know, even fear of attention. Like, what happens when the world is watching and what happens when... Uh, when things go the way that they have, like we can't, again, we can't lose our family, but we can't, and but we can't also disobey the Lord. So there has to be this merging. And so our family, like my entire family has been super supportive from the beginning um, and been helping with the kids in different ways and making sure that they have those meals are, are the team that's been out there on the street. Most of them we've never met. The people that have come to help serve out there most of them, we don't even know them, and they arranged actually meal train for our family. And so people were bringing home-cooked meals to the house for the kids so that we wouldn't have to eat out. Others provided financially so that, you know, it's expensive to feed a family of five, you know, eating out morning, noon, and night. So uh, so they organized even a meal train for our family, and they different people have stepped up and said, we want to know that your family is okay. And I was like, like our church family is wonderful and they support us and all that. Um, But these, this is coming from people that we don't even know, Mm -hmm. but they ask us, how are your children? How are you guys doing? Are you rested? Have you been eating well? And they're concerned about us that we're okay. Which is very vital because a movement cannot continue if the leaders are taken out physically either and and, and emotionally. we, We, we can tell our support team especially in the movement, mm-hmm. is so pro-family and wants us to do well in that area, they they gave us so much help and they asked yeah. us to be free to not be there on Monday and Tuesday. So on Mondays and Tuesdays... So you're doing Tuesday, your Sabbath, the way the Lord said. Yes. It's, it's our family day. Mm-hmm. And we spent those two days full time with the kids and the family, enjoying ourselves. We actually went out to a hotel. The kids were so excited. But also to see the support financially uh, with gifts to the kids. Uh, The kids have recognized that the people who we are serving in the revival, they actually love them. And what we prayed for is that God encounter our kids so they can see the love. Yes. Our kids are used to us being in ministry and giving ourselves so much to people. Uh, but uh, this is a new one where they are not used to seeing people now return and bring meal trains, uh, give, them, give them money to go and have a good time as kids. And so we have been so appreciative of the gift that came uh, for last week. We were able to shop for our kids 
get them stuff that they needed also to entertain them and make them feel special yeah. and <laughs> we did it with the help of the people that we have and now every Monday and Tuesday we are free to just hang out with them and even most of the time in the week we have these breaks where we can delegate things and still be able to be available for our family like mm -hmm. after this broadcast we're going to have the Very rest time. of the time together with them until the revival tonight so it mm -hmm. we are kind of beginning to get to a place where it's getting possible to balance it um until we hear the next step and see how it takes us to another whirlwind but so far it's beginning to get more steady Mm -hmm. And so now if people want to, if they're in the Minneapolis area and they want to be involved in the revival, they feel led to, it's what time every evening? Uh, it changes um, every day. It's a little bit different. Okay, so they should go to your website or your Facebook page. Yes, which is Unity Revival Minneapolis. It's a Facebook group for those that want to serve and get involved in the schedules posted in more Unity detail. Unity Revival Minneapolis mm -hmm. on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yep, and so they can go there to find that out. Um, tonight we're going to be there from... 4.30 to 6.30, and we have a, a two-hour setup prior to that, so people can come early if they want to help get things set up or even just prayer walk the area, do personal evangelism. Like, we're seeing the church just, like, be so active. Like, at, on the first few first uh, couple weeks, uh, we would people wouldn't know what was were we even doing down there, but we'd find out afterwards a group of, like, eight girls felt led to come and pray in that area Amazing. and they were like we had no idea you guys were going to be here but we've just been prayer walking for like all these hours and, <laughs> well, and that's and how people like, can that's, serve it's prayer yes. walking it's if people who've learned treasure hunting go out and call yes. up treasures and Come people, on. this is a place to do it this is amazing here you go or or just showing up and seeing what the lord does yeah and i'm, I'm thinking that um, i'm feeling like we want you guys to release because you have walked through so much in mm. your marriage and in your lives so, yeah. so I'm, I'm thinking these three areas so i want to ask you guys just to pray and to kind of release stuff over people sure so if they if people want to connect with you mm -hmm. the best place is through the unity we have a website you have a website which is unityrevivalmovement.com unityrevivalmovement.com yes. so that connects them with the unity movement mm -hmm. if they want to bless you as individuals is that the place to do it as well or if they want to help well you? they can designate a donation through that website okay. and okay. we will we'll get It'll it go to you as individuals so that people yes. can they can get, find out about ways to serve mm -hmm. there and they can or on a facebook page or both. Yeah, so is all these things have been developing just day by day because right. we didn't you anticipate don't. this. So <laughs> you did, I know we're it. trying to organize the the mess a little bit. And so the Facebook page just got up yesterday, and that's unityrevivalmovement.com. Yep. So people can donate and just kind of see the heart behind what we're doing, and there'll be more components added to that. It's just something to get started so people with. People should just be patient and, and persevere and find you that way. Yes. Yeah. I, I will. I'll, I'll link it. So if you're listening okay. to this and you're interested, go to the show notes and we will have links for it. That's great. And then for serving, it's that Facebook group where we're able to organize for prayer. We have prayer on Zoom every single day. Um, thanks to Michelle and Tove Rose, who've been incredible. Um, they lead Zoom for people around the country that can't actually attend. Or around the world. Yes, around the world. Anyone can join in there. Mm -hmm. So but that's all information they can okay. get on the Facebook group, Great. Unity Revival Minneapolis. So, Well, as you guys mm -hmm. can pray and release however you feel led, but I'm thinking the three areas are family, because family is important to the Lord's heart. His yes. Family was his idea. And yes. so, um, you know, where we have the greatest uh, potential to honor the Lord with our giftings tends to be the areas where we get the greatest attack, because because you have the potential to bring glory to the Father, and, and that is in the area of family. So for you guys, being um, a biracial couple with biracial children, so wow, you know, <laughs> so you're a prophetic actress who released that freedom. But over marriage as well, so men and women partnering in, mm -hmm. in marriage and in leadership. So you're doing both. I mean, you are marriage partners, but you're also leadership partners. Yes. So that's a huge blessing. So if you could pray over the family piece the marriage, the male-female piece, and the racial reconciliation. And just release prayers for people over... Mm -hmm. Just that. 
just that. Yeah, okay. just, but you know. those three things <laughs> that I mean, that's just what I, as you're, li- you're listening to you, I'm like, the Lord is so pleased with you, yeah. and with Thank what you God. have said yes to. Yeah, and not, it has not been easy. None of this has been easy. But you believe God and you trust God. And so what you have walked through, what you have broken through, what you have persevered through, you are able to release that to the nations. And this is big. This is important. Amen. Yeah. So why don't you go, whatever's on your heart. Sure. Yeah. Father God, we so honored that you've chosen us to do this. And Lord, I ask for the release of racial reconciliation. First with you, and then one with another. I pray, Father, that the grace to serve one another in Christ, that that grace will be released on each of the listeners today. I also ask you for a Syrians in marriage, especially as people come together across racial boundaries. I pray for interracial marriages. Even as Rebecca was sharing that there's a grace on interracial marriages, I pray for that grace to rise and be a voice to bring harmony and unity across this country and around the world. Let their voice be amplified like you have done to our voice and let them speak into this issue of reconciliation. And I pray also, Father, for powerful couples to rise together and male-female relationship to be reconciled again so that marriage can become an embodiment of unity and the power thereof, Father God, as you have done for us, as you've healed our marriage and caused it to become a sign and a wonder for many, many people to come together and be reconciled. Do it for those hearing our voice today. We bless them with the authority to walk in these things we carry, and we declare the kingdom of God in you now can be released through your voice. So go forth and release it in Jesus' name. And Father, I just thank you for all those that are saying, I want to do something. God, I pray that you would remove every bit of fear that is in their hearts, God, and that you'd give them the boldness and the courage to step up and to really shine light in dark places. God, I pray that you would heal their hearts from pain and injury, even offense and unforgiveness, anger, whatever those things are in their hearts. God, I pray that they would be able to release those things to you and that you would give them a new heart. Lord, that they would not be easily offended as they're coming up against even controversial issues, Lord, but that they would be able to keep their eyes fixed on you and not be distracted by the crazy chaos and all the voices that are speaking, Lord, that their eyes would be fixed on you and that they would do exactly what you ask them to and that they would step out with such boldness and that they you would meet them there and that they would see even your hand of favor and blessing upon their lives. And God, even for those who have children, Lord, you, you've spoken to people to step out, but they're wondering, how are we going to do this with our family? God, I pray that you would give them wisdom, that you would give them direction, that you would encourage them and, and help them to know how to speak to their children, God, and that there would be such a grace on those families, not to burn out, not to feel like they've uh, just, just poured out everything and there's nothing left, but God, that you would surround them with teams, that you would surround them with people that love them and that care about them, God, and... and um, that even represent Jesus well mm-hmm. so that their children can see that it's not just about um, just giving, 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 giving. But Lord, I pray that they would see uh, see you in the midst of it all and that they would even have a, a supernatural understanding about what you're trying to do and want to be a part of it, God, that their eyes would be opened, these children, Lord, even our children, Lord, that their eyes would be open to see what you're doing, that it's none of this is about any of us. But it's about seeing your kingdom come and your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, God, I pray that you would speak to all of our hearts, God, that you'd speak to the hearts of those wanting to get involved and those uh, those children, Lord, uh, that are, are caught in this mix, even unawares of what's going on, but that you would give them that grace and the understanding to step into this place. 
and it, that you would bring balance um, through wisdom, God. We just trust you with all of it. In Jesus' name. Amen. And we bless you. It's, so we, I just want to say on behalf of the body of Christ, thank you for what you're doing. And we bless you. We declare protection over what God is doing in you and through you, your family, your church, your this movement, all that God's given you, your health, your marriage. We just declare blessing and increase. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we've been talking with Dr. Charles and Lindsay Karuku, and you can find them. We'll, we'll link the website on our on the, the podcast, but it's unityrevivalminneapolis.com or on Facebook as well. So thank you guys very much. Yeah. Thank you. Did I get it right? No, but I'll get it right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Dare to Believe podcast. When I challenge each one of our listeners to dare to believe God for greater things in your life this season. Amen. And we'd also love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating, as well as share this with friends, colleagues, whoever would be encouraged by this message. Thank you so much, listeners. Thank you.